So last week we looked at uh, Jesus Christ, our Passover. We learned by scripture buildup some of the important dates regarding the feast of the, of the Passover in the Old Testament and how that uh, was related to the timing of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and how the Word of God also called him the Passover. So today we're going to continue to build on that. If you can remember, what day was it that he died? 14th of Nisan. Right, he died the 14th of Nisan and had to be buried by sunset. by sunset, which was start the 15th, which was the day of the Passover. Uh, that was Wednesday, and then from there they had to... Uh, three days later, as we discovered and, and did the math, we saw, and according to the scriptures, when Mary was the first one at the tomb before it was, uh, before the sun came up, while it was yet dark, he wasn't there anymore. And so from Wednesday all the way to Saturday afternoon, you can see the three nights and the three days, because their, their day started at evening and ended as the sun went down the following day. So today we're going to build on that, and we're going to keep looking at some of the dates from when he was crucified and continue to work backwards a little bit. So we're going to work off of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, which I have up here from the New English Translation. And it says, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And you don't have to go there yet because I have it up here. And then, then we're going to work the scriptures um, from here on out. But beginning with 1 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, verse 7, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. That's where he's called the Passover lamb. In order for, him to, for the word of God to say that he was the Passover lamb, he had to have died the same day in which the Passover lamb was done in the Old Testament when they first celebrated it or when, they, when God brought them out of the land of Egypt that night. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, and in verse 18, I wasn't aware of it this morning, kind of just flew right by me, but today is Palm Sunday. And I came downstairs and I said, hun, why do they call it Palm Sunday? And for many years I had an idea of why, but after I pondered on our last fellowship and I asked her, why, do they, why are they calling it Palm Sunday, it kind of hit me at the same time and I said, well, that would be a little off the calendar when you really start to look at the scriptures because when you, we saw that he was crucified on Wednesday and when we go and look at these records, we're going to see when Jesus Christ was entering Jerusalem, which is what is called today Palm, Palm Sunday, okay, which they were laying the palms down and their robes and Jesus would walk on that, which we're going to look that look look at that in a little bit. But God's word documents time. It documents the day. And it's very interesting that once you know the day that Jesus Christ was uh, crucified, then you can work backwards. But before we get there in first Peter chapter one, verse 18, it says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, had sil has silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, has of a lamb without what? Blemish. Without blemish and without spot. Remember that that lamb of the first year had to be without spot, without blemish. It had to be perfect. Okay, Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He fit the profile. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Gospel of John, chapter 1. There was a man who knew who he was. He knew who he was from the moment he saw him. And that's because he knew this before. He was his ministry was baptizing people with water. It was his ministry because God gave him that ministry. And the purpose of that ministry was to prepare people to receive Jesus Christ, was to prepare the way for the Lord, as the scripture says. Okay. When he sees Jesus in verse 29, John says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold, the what? The Lamb, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. He came baptizing with water to make him known to Israel. See that? 
And John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it bowed upon him. And I knew him not, but he, God, that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John baptized with water. Jesus Christ baptized with Holy Spirit. That administration changed starting in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2 after the Lord had been sacrificed, uh, crucified, died, resurrected, and ascended. And that's where the baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit begins is in Acts chapter 2. So it didn't happen in the Gospels. What kept happening in the Gospels was the baptism of water. But by the time Jesus Christ ascended, that new baptism was going to be the baptism of Holy Spirit. In verse 34, And I saw and bear a record that this is the Son of God. And again, the next day, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. There it is again. In Mark, Matthew, Mark, Mark chapter 15. Another reason why Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the way to God because he is the Lamb of God. It wasn't Muhammad. It wasn't Buddha. It wasn't any other religious um, prophet. prophet or God or a man created God in his own way. It was Jesus Christ because he was the Lamb of God. That's what you have. It's the Word. And God says who he is. In Mark chapter 15, verse 24. It says, and, and when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour. What day are we on? The 14th, right? And they crucified him. So it was the third hour and they crucified him. Verse 26, and the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. And with him, they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left and the scripture was fulfilled, which said he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroys the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking said among themselves with the scribes, He saved him. He saved others. Well, let him save himself. Verse 32. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that he may see, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, so we're now at around 12 o'clock our time, there was darkness over the whole land unto the ninth hour. You remember what numbers represented in the time of day? It was broad daylight. And by the time it was 12 o'clock in the afternoon, our time, there was what? Darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And we've seen a little bit of that in our time when we get really bad storms in the middle of the day. It gets really dark real fast. When the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Verse 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted. And as we studied this couple of fellowships ago, that is to be translated, my God, my God, for this was I spared. And in the form of a question which already had an answer. And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elijah, or Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias, which is Elijah, will come down to take him down, would come to take him down. In verse 37, and Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. So we know that Jesus died at mid-afternoon around the time when the Passover lamb was slain on the 14th of Nisan. This number 14 of Nisan and the 15th should already be fresh in our mind and what day of the week it was. The 14th of Nisan landed on a Wednesday and the 15th, which was a also called a Sabbath day, a, a high day, a day of no work and unleavened bread landed on the 15th, which is what uh, a Thursday. Okay. In John 19, 31, which I have up here, 
You don't need to go to in John 19.31, it says, And the Jews, therefore, because it was a preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. That's referring to the 15th the Sabbath day. For that Sabbath day was a high day. They besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. In Matthew 12.40, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. We're just recapping a little bit of what we went over last week. He, was he had to be dead three days and three nights, starting from Wednesday evening, which was the 15th, on to Saturday, at the end of Saturday, starting the evening, which would be Sunday. Okay, Three days and three nights. It has to equal three days and three nights of his timing of death and resurrection. All right, now let's go to Mark. Well, we are in Mark, so let's stay in Mark. Mark chapter 15 and in verse 47. In that same chapter, we're going to read verse 47 and then the following verse, which is chapter 16, verse 1. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph beheld where he was laid. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Okay, so that Sabbath is referring to the high Sabbath. It wasn't referring to the Saturday. It was referring to the Sabbath that came after the 14th, which was the 15th. Now, this is going to be very important as we continue to do scripture buildup, because you're going to see what 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 occurred on certain days. And from here, we're going to have to go back several days to see when the entrance to Jerusalem occurred and where we get Palm Sunday from. Here we have the high Sabbath, which is Thursday, and then it talks about the women buying uh, the, the the sweet spices and the oil to come and anoint him. They had to do that not on the hot, not on Sabbath, on the Sabbath day Thursday. They had to do that on Friday, okay? Because remember, even even on any Sabbath, whether it was a Saturday or a special Sabbath, no one can work. You couldn't go and buy things. So you said the fifteenth was a Friday. The fifteenth was a, was a Thursday. So the 14th of Nisan was Wednesday, the 15th of Nisan was Thursday, and the 16th of Nisan was Friday. Okay, this Sabbath that you're talking about was what day? The 15th, which was a Thursday. Let's go to Luke now. In Luke chapter 23, verse 46. And I'm going to go through this a little slower because... As we start to gather information, we're going to have to remember what we previously read as we move forward. So in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, it says, wrong chapter here. I was, I was on chapter 24. I said, there's no verse 54 here <laughs> or 56. Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Here we go. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. In verse 54, and that day was the preparation. Okay, so when he gave up the ghost was the 14th, getting close to the evening. And the Sabbath drew on. That Sabbath, again, is referring to the 15th, the following day, Thursday. The Sabbath drew on. Verse 55, and the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Okay, so that day was a preparation, the 14th of Nisan, which was Wednesday. The Sabbath drew on, which was the 15th of Nisan, Thursday. The women prepared the spices and then rested on the weekly Sabbath. Okay, so we're now looking at two Sabbaths here in one record. We're looking at the Sabbath that drew on, that happened after the, the, the 14th, which is the 15th Thursday. They couldn't go buy spices. They couldn't, um, go, they, they couldn't go to the store on Thursdays because they were, no one was supposed to do any work. Everyone was supposed to be resting. So they did it on Friday. They got all that on Friday and they couldn't go to the tomb on Saturday because it was a Sabbath day. Because it says they rested on the Sabbath. So they, they did their purchase on Friday. Then they had to wait an, another Sabbath day, which is Saturday. And then that's why Sunday morning you see those records where it says they came to the tomb to, the tomb to bring what they had bought, what they had prepared. 
And the reason they couldn't do it Wednesday was because where were they? They were watching him on the cross, right? They were watching him die. And when they did, all they, they had, they followed uh, Nicodemus and, and um, the other, the other man to the barrier. And remember, it was already getting late. They had to do this in a hurry to get back to the house because the Passover started. So there was no time for them to buy the spices that day. And then they couldn't do it Thursday, so they did it Friday, and then they had to rest Saturday. All right. In Luke chapter 24, now we're going to chapter 24, verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared on Friday. See that? This first day of the week refers to your Sunday morning. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. So this was early morning after the weekly Sabbath. In John, we can read about Mary going to the tomb by herself while it was yet dark. So before this record in Luke 24 verse 1, Mary had already gone earlier at night when it was dark. Okay, in John chapter 20, here it is, the first day of the week, cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and see if the stone take away from where Jesus was buried. So Jesus was already risen from the dead when the women came to the tomb early Sunday morning. So I have it written out here for you. The 14th of Nisan, Jesus was in the grave for three days and three nights. Then he was crucified on Wednesday, the 14th of Nisan and buried before sunset, which began the 15th of Nisan, which was a special Sabbath. The 15th was Thursday, which was the high Sabbath. The 16th of Nisan was Friday, which is when the woman bought and prepared the spices. Okay, the 17th was the Saturday. The women rested on the Sabbath. None of the stores was open because no one could work. Saturday, so that was Saturday the 17th. The 18th, the women brought the spices to the grave early, which was Sunday morning, but he was not there. And when Mary had gone while it was yet dark again, he wasn't there. So uh, you guys will have this when I send it to you. You'll, you'll be able to have that on how it lines up on the days. So Jesus was on the grave, in the grave on the 15th, 16th, and 17th and raised from the dead late on Saturday because before Sunday started, he had to already been up because that's where it completes the three days and three nights. Okay. When the women arrived Sunday morning, he, was, he wasn't there. He was already raised. I think that's pretty understandable. We're kind of clear on that. It's very simple to, to see that, right? Okay. Now we're going to look at some events prior to the Passover during the ministry of Jesus Christ. This is where it's really going to get even more interesting some some of the events that happened in john chapter 12 gospel of john chapter 12 john chapter 12 verse 1 now we're going to do a lot of scripture build up in order to see the gospel speak of the same event in john chapter 12 verse 1 it says then jesus then jesus how many days before the passover six days before the passover when was the passover the 14th, six days before that was the previous Thursday, was last week on a Thursday, the 8th, came to Bethany. So Jesus, on the 8th of Nisan, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment then this then said one of his disciples judas iscariot simon's son which should betray him why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor oh judas so concerned for the poor was he this he said verse 6 not that he cared for the poor but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bear what was put therein judas was responsible for the financing of their fellowship while they moved around okay he held the money bag verse 7 then Je then said jesus let her alone against the day of my bearing has she kept this for the poor always you have with you but me you do not always have much people of the jews therefore knew that he was there and they came not for jesus sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Verse 11, because that by reason of him, 
Now look at this. Many of the Jews had went away and believed on Jesus because of what Jesus did to, by raising Lazarus from the dead. Many believed. So some of their leadership, there was a division in, their, in, the, in the Pharisees' leadership. Some of them split up and, and followed Jesus because of what they saw. And, there, and you had these other Pharisees that were angry about that. So six days before the Passover, we had the 8th of Nisan, which is Thursday of the previous week. That evening was the supper at Bethany in the home of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, where Martha made the supper. And we here we have Mary anointing Jesus' feet. And Judas Iscariot was criticized uh, for what he struggled with, right? He was a thief. In John chapter 12, continuing on in verse 12, it says, On the next day, see how we start having clear indication of days and time. What's the next day from the 8th? The ninth, which would be Friday. Okay. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, did what? Took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blesses the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, Sitting on an ass's colt. What day was this? Friday the 9th. When is Palm Sunday celebrated? <laughs> we have been way, not, way off for so, so much time that we just don't go back to consider what God's word says. God is not concerned what day man picks. God is not concerned the events that we do on the day that man picks. God is concerned about His Word and only His Word. He's always been about His Word. And He has not left us ignorant. Throughout the Scriptures it says, Do not be ignorant. I would not have you to be ignorant. Right? Paul writes to the Corinthians so that people are not ignorant. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of the, the, the devil's devices. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. He tells us. God, when he, when he wants us to know something, He has it written down for us. If it's not here, then we simply don't know. But here we have the entrance of Jesus laying the palms down on a Friday, documented, documented on the 9th. So it should be Palm Friday. Yeah. <laughs> should be Palm Friday. Hey, and just to add confusion, today is the 9th. Of which is Palm Sunday today, <laughs> right? But that's, also because, but that's because every Monday. every year they're always going to put Palm Sunday before. Yeah, the Easter. And yeah, the night. yeah. Because the... so it's just now it's just become that it doesn't it just always on a Sunday, you know, um, and that's because it, they it's believed that he died Friday, which that's where you get Good Friday, and then you know Easter Sunday. So right now the only day that's correct would be. Sunday, right. but then if you go backwards three days and three nights, that's where tradition is wrong, because it the three days and three nights going backwards puts you on a Wednesday, the fourteenth of Nisan, which is when he died. Six days prior to that is the eighth of Nisan, and then the next day there's an entrance into Jerusalem where he's riding on a on a colt. Is, is okay. Men came up with a lot of stuff. <laughs> Now, let's go to Luke 19. In Luke chapter 19, verse 28, we're going to have the same event. Same event that we just read in John. But we have to look at Luke because Luke chapter 19 is going to give more detail. So Luke chapter 19. In verse 28, it says, and when he had thus spoken, he went before, ascending up to, up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come near to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. So we're going to, we're going to see what Jesus did before he came into Jerusalem. He has sent two of his disciples, verse 30, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering you shall find a colt tied. They were to find a colt tied. This is where Jesus got the colt from. He has sent two of his disciples. They found a colt tied whereon yet never man set. Loose him and bring him here. Verse 31. If any man ask you, why do you loose him? 
Then shall you say unto them, Because the Lord had need of him. See that? And they that were sent went their way and found even as Jesus had said unto them. And as they, verse 33, And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto him, Why do you loose the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Verse 35, And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments, so, and they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. So he's riding on a what? On a colt. Okay. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh to Jerusalem, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. <laughs> Have them shut up. And he answered, verse 40, and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, that stones would immediately cry out. Verse 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and did what? Wept over it. On Friday, he came riding on a colt. He got to the city, and what did he do? He looked, and he cried over it. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. We're still looking at the same event. We're still on Friday. Friday the 9th of Nisan. In Mark chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And when, that, and when they came near to Jerusalem unto Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples, and said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you be entered into it, you shall find a colt tied. Whereon never man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you do this? Say ye that the Lord had need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, verse 5, and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met, and they loosed him. Verse 5, And certain of them that stood there said unto him, Why do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him, and, and, sat, and he sat upon him, the colt. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. Okay, so he's where now? In the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, what did he do? He just looked around. You remember what Luke said? He wept over the city. So he looked at the city. He wept over the city. And Mark, this is talking about the same event, gives us more information. He goes into the temple. He looks around the temple. And now the eventide was come. He went out onto Bethany with the 12. So he now leaves Jerusalem Friday. So far it's understood? All right. On this day, so up here, on this day, Jesus rode a colt. Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple and only looked around upon all things. And then he went out onto Bethany. We also have, again, from Luke that he wept over the city. Mark 11, same chapter. Now we're going to go to verse 12. On the morrow would be what day? Saturday the 10th. Saturday the 10th. Saturday is what kind of day? Sabbath. A Sabbath day. It is a holy day. A day where there was not supposed to be any selling or buying, but they were supposed to be resting. Verse 12. On the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. So he's coming from Bethany now. This is now his second entrance into Jerusalem. The first one was on Friday. He left to Bethany. Now he's back on Saturday. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. 
And they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple. This is now how many times? The second time. Went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. And overthrew the tables of the money changers. Can you just see him? How pissed off he was? And the seats of them that sold doves. Where were these people doing this at? In the temple. In the temple. What day was this? Do you see why he always called them hypocrites? Oh, but they were so religious. Oh, they were overseers of the people. They cast judgment and condemnation on people. And here they were in the temple selling after they had accused Jesus of healing on the Sabbath. You remember that record? And here they were in the temple. But you know what God told Jesus to do? It's time to go in there and start flipping some tables. Okay. He was angry. But the word of God says, be angry and sin not. You know when you don't sin? It's not when you just when you have self-control. But when you do what God tells you to do, you're not going to sin. Even if it's in your anger. Because we have feelings. And there's compassion when we minister to people. But sometimes we're going to get upset with something that is not in line with the word of God. And Jesus had every right to be angry. As he's going to explain now why. Yeah. And here they were selling. In verse 16. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught saying unto them. Is it not written? My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. But you have made it, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. <laughs> we got to get rid of this guy. He's ruining our business. Hmm. He's ruining our business. For they feared him because all the people was astonished at his teaching. When you bring the word, no one can prove you wrong. When you bring the word of God, that is the authority. That is the power. It ain't going to sit well with the religious leaders, but that's the word. You see, they were angry at his what? His teaching. What did he teach? He taught God's word. He did what God told him to do. And they were angry at it. And when even was come, he went out of the city. He now leaves Jerusalem again. So this happened on the 10th of Nisan on Saturday. Jesus cursed the fig tree on the way to Jerusalem. Then he entered the city and the temple and he dealt with the temple merchants. Then he left the city in the evening. Let's go to Matthew chapter 21. Isn't this awesome seeing this come together? We're not always going to see everything that happened in one record. We have to go through God's word, through the gospels and put it together and see when the events are talking about the same thing. Sometimes they're the same events. Sometimes they're similar events. Just because they're similar doesn't mean they're, they're the exact same event. But there are exact same events that all four Gospels mention. Here in Matthew 21, verse 1, it says, And when they drew near unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, they sent, then sent Jesus to disciples. Now you're going to see what day this occurred. Saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a what? A colt. Now how many animals did he mention? Two. Two. Loose them, plural, loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say unto you, you shall say, The Lord had need of them, and straightway he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, that king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the fowl of an ass. This is another, pro another record of prophecy referring to Jesus Christ. The first one had been fulfilled when he was supposed to be riding, coming in, riding on a, on a donkey. Oh, I'm sorry, not on a donkey, on a, on a colt, which is the... Um, the, the young of the donkey, yeah. Here is another prophecy referring to how many animals? Two. Let's keep reading. And the disciples went, verse 6, and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes. You remember when they first put on the one and Jesus said on the one? This happened on Friday. 
You remember those that record? Okay. Verse 7, and they set him thereon. Verse 8, and a, and a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. What day did he go into the temple to flip tables? Saturday. Saturday. This was his second entrance into Jerusalem, riding not on a colt, but on an ass and a colt. How many entrances now do we see? Two. But we've always seen one all these years that landed, that is called Palm Sunday. And God's word clearly identifies that there are two entrances into Jerusalem. You see, do you see that? Especially because you can see that now he's riding on two animals, not just one. And on the one that he comes in riding on two animals, which is Saturday, is when he goes into the temple. The first day that he went into the temple on Friday, what did he just do? He just looked around and he wept. And then the next day, he goes back into the temple and it was showtime. Clear the stage, clear the house. See that? He went in with the authority. I lost my spot. Oh, 12. And he went into the temple and cast them out. Verse 13. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple on that day on the Sabbath. And what did he do? That's right. He healed them. Just like he healed that, that other record of healing on the Sabbath and they gave him crap for it. Then he comes in and after he flipped all the tables and, and, and got them all out of there, he's going to go ahead and heal more people. Because you remember the example he gave? If one of you lose a sheep and it falls into a ditch, would you not go in and rescue it? But see, the religious leaders were more concerned about what? Money. Stealing. Deceiving people. Being hypocrites. Verse 15. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, what they were witnessing, what they were seeing, they were sore displeased. The chief priests and scribes were sore displeased. Oh, they were mad. And he and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yeah, I can hear them. Have you never read? I'm sure they didn't. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. You, you see that? He now leaves again after flipping the tables. He leaves Saturday evening and he goes back to Bethany. So Friday, he comes from Bethany, curses the fig tree, goes into the city, looks round about the temple, weeps over the city, and leaves. Saturday, he returns, this time sitting on two animals, a colt and an ass, right? As, a word, as a, the word indicates. And next time he goes into the temple, flips the tables, pisses the religious leaders off, heals people, ministers to people, and then he leaves Back to Bethany. So on this entrance, again, as we said, Jesus rode on an ass and it's called from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem on the same day that Jesus dealt with the temple. And we see that because if you put Matthew and Mark together with those records, it's talking about the same day, which was Saturday. That happened the 10th of Nisan. Now let's go back to Mark 11. But then when it goes on in that chapter, it says he left out of Bethany. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. Mm -hmm. It does talk about a second. That would be a third time now. A third time. He goes back a third time. But only it's but it's only recorded in God's word that he wrote that he came in with that entrance with the palms and the and the and the animals twice. But he did return a third time, but it wasn't on 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 a on a colt or in a donkey. And we'll see. We're gonna we're gonna build build it up. Verse 20 from Mark 11. So 
We read verse 19 earlier. We ended in Mark verse 19, which said, And when the evening was come, he went out of the city. And then now in verse 20, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. What fig tree was this? He cursed on Friday. Right, the one he cursed on Friday. Okay. And Peter, calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God, and correctly translated from the Greek is believe God. Believe God. For verily I say unto you that whatsoever shall that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, do what? Believe. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's why our wants and our needs have to be in line with the word so that we know what to ask for. Once we know what God's word says and once we know what's available to us, then we can ask for it with confidence because God says he will do it. So this was... On the next day, this was on, on Sunday, they observed the fig tree dried up and taught them to believe God. From verse 20 through 24. Now let's go back to Matthew again. Matthew chapter 21. In verse 18. Because we ended in Matthew verse 17. So we're going to continue on verse 18, which Jennifer is what, the one you were talking about. So in verse 18, on the next day, so we just read about Saturday. So on the next day would be the 11th of Nisan, which is, your, which is Sunday. But uh, see, chapter 21, I'm sorry, verse 18. Yeah, I was in the wrong chapter again. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. Okay, so this is Sunday. Watch this. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon. What day are we on? Sunday, but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And immediately the fig tree did what? Withered away. How long did the other fig tree wither away? Took a day. This tree withered when? Immediately. In so much that verse 20, when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how what? Soon is the fig tree withered away. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do to this which is done to the fig tree, but also you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. You think the apostles got it right the first time he taught it? This is not the only indication that Jesus has to repeat. Some of his teachings to his disciples. He taught his, his disciples things re, more than one time. How many times does it take our kids? More than one time. How many times does it take us to learn? More than one time. You see, so it's really not something that is a concern of, well, he already taught this. Yeah. How many times have we taught things? How many times have we had to explain things to people? Several times. Sometimes it takes us months, years to finally understand something. When we teach our kids, you kind of wonder well, how long do you how many times more do you have to teach something before they get it? But you see, it's human nature. It, it was normal for Jesus to have to reteach it. And they, it just happened today, uh, the day before the day, actually, on Saturday, when they saw the fig tree. I'm sorry, it happened the same day where Peter, they realized the fig tree that Jesus withered on Friday didn't happen to the following day and then they were they marveled jesus taught them regarding believing god and then now here's another example and now what was even more powerful than the first is that it withered immediately so i would i too would probably be wait a minute this one took a day how did you do this one for immediately well does anything change regarding the ministering part no because jesus says the exact same thing whether you say overnight whether you say immediately it will be done. He was teaching them to believe, to believe fully to that when you say something according to the word of God, when you ask for it in prayer and doubt not, it's going to happen. 
And here you have a record where, again, he withers a fig tree and it happens immediately because the word of God now indicates that it happened, it happened immediately. And verse 21, to finish it off, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And verse 22, in all these things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. So this happened on Sunday. The day, this was the day they observed the fig tree dried up, which Jesus had cursed the day before on the way to Jerusalem. On this same day, he cursed the second fig tree after he entered Jerusalem. Because this is, um, Jennifer, what you brought up, that he came back a third time. But there was no record of him riding on a asshole colt. He just returned back the third time. So he entered Jerusalem for the third time and, and it dried up immediately. Then he taught them to believe God again. And again, just to re reiterate, they struggled to believe. They struggled sometimes to minister to people. There was a record where they couldn't uh, uh, heal um, one of the parents' son. I forgot his name. And then they brought him to Jesus. And then Jesus said, you faithless generation, or ye of little faith. Believing is not always easy. It's repetitive teaching. It's repetitive practice. That's why speaking in tongues, manifestations, ministering, speaking forth the word of prophecy, it takes practice. That's why I encourage you. That's why we encourage each other to practice. We, because it doesn't just happen. It's not automatic. Anybody that ever says that they were born with automatic, anybody that says that they're born again of God's spirit and automatically knew how to do it all is lying. It is not a 100% possession of the spirit of God that you just know without ever reading the word. See, because you can't say that you just learned to speak in tongues and then you're not operating it correctly. Because when you go back to the word, you couldn't have learned it without the word. So you've learned it from another source, which is if it's not God's source, God's word, then you're learning it from an incorrect source. And it becomes deceiving. That's why so many people are confused with spiritualism. They're confused with the spirit of God. They can't tell apart between the spirit of God and the spirit of the devil. Because the spirit of the devil can imitate the things of God. It says it in his word. He's a, he can imitate. It says he can cover himself as an angel. And you couldn't tell the You just can't tell the difference. That's why discerning of spirits is a manifestation. See? It's a manifestation because you have to learn to have the ability to discern between the two. They may look alike, but they're not the same. And you have a lot of born-again Christians that are operating it incorrectly. And they fall into what's called spiritualism. It sounds like speaking in tongues, but it's spiritualism. And boy, there's a lot of spiritualism out there. There is. That's not from God. Not that they're not sons of God, but when you, are, when you don't know what the Word of God says regarding how God operates, then you can fall into spiritualism that will imitate the things of God. You see how important it is that... Without the word, you cannot know God. You cannot know the things of God. And then we fall into tradition and then we all just get comfortable. Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, and we don't ever know. It just looks good. It just looks good. It sounded good for so many years. But when we do the work, when we put in, when we studied, studied diligently, we see that it's been different for so long in the word of God. It, it was never a good, it was never Friday. It was Wednesday. At that year, it was on a Wednesday. I believe it was 28 AD. I can't remember the exact number, but I'll give you that number so you can look, look it up in your phone. And it'll come up. 14 of Nissan was on a Wednesday. And looking at these records six days before, then the following day, and the following day, and so forth. It's because it's convenient being on a weekend. And... Yeah, well, <laughs> you see, so what happens is that believers have grown a dependency on man. And the, the, although the Catholic Church has a lot of where the roots of to where all this tradition comes from, every person is still responsible because the Word of God says we're all responsible for knowing what the Word of God says. Yes, we have our leaders, we have our overseers because God establishes that, but we're still each responsible, which is why I always encourage, and I send you this because you need, it's, it's also your, wanting to know about what the scripture says so you have to put forth the effort right so that you can see it for yourself and not have to depend on on a person on a man because we have to know what the word of god says so then we can prove things right or wrong so this is this is just a little bit of the information but you know we weren't over a lot but this kind of will, will guide you a little bit to what record 
lines up with what. And you have to be very attentive to what word comes next. Because when you say, when you read something on the next day or on the morrow, you have to recognize that now it's a new day. It's, it's you know, from what you were reading. This is more for your, for your knowledge, for you to have this information, for you to see that you can trust God's word, that you can see for yourself that you can <coughs> learn and see how the word of God interprets itself, that it's accurate, 100%. And it's not to, you know, tear down or flip tables in our day and time, unless God tells you to do it. It better be a revelation. But my point is, is that the more we know God's word, the more you know him. This isn't just sense, this isn't for sense knowledge. This is to know God. You can't make him known without knowing him. And you can't know him without his word. His word has always been about his word. Next to his name has been his word. And it doesn't work. I can know Andy and he is a good person. But what is his word worth if he doesn't keep it? You see? That's why the name is, it can just be a name sometimes. Okay? You guys can know me as a good person. I, I know Daniel. He's you know, awesome man, but he has a hard time keeping his word. So I may, I may be known by my name, but my word is not reliable. And this is why God sets his word above his name, by his name. Because you can know God, but what if his word wasn't reliable? Would you trust him? Even if he was God, if his word wasn't reliable, would you trust him? No, the, the logical answer is no. That's why it's his word and nothing but his word. Because that's what makes him who he says he is. And this is why having this knowledge is so important. Because when you know his word that is so reliable, that is so pure, we know God. So if you know, now you know what to pray. Now you know how to pray. You know what you can say in your prayer. You know what you can be thankful for. It's just, it just it helps your fellowship. It's always to edify you. And it's always for you to get more and more into fellowship with God.